Welcome to Hot Springs Village Inside Out, a weekly podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Join me, Randy Cantrell, and my co-host Dennis Simpson as we discuss the history, facts, people, places, events, lots more surrounding Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. Visit the website at hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. There's a great line in War and Peace that says, We can know only that we know nothing, and that is the highest degree of human wisdom. But it was Oscar Wilde who wrote, I love to talk about nothing. It's the only thing I know anything about. Today, join me and Dennis where we kind of sort of talk about nothing. It could be considered our Seinfeld episode. Welcome back. Another episode of Hot Springs Village Inside Out. The website is hotspringsvillageinsideout.com. The quick, easy, fast way is hsvinsideout.com. My name is Randy Cantrell. He is Dennis R. Simpson. Okay, I haven't asked. What's the R stand for? Ray. Ray. Now, I got to tell you, my dad's name is very unique called Eulan, E-U-L-A-N. And it's Eulan R. Simpson. And you know what the R stands for in his name? R. Nothing. It's just yeah. R. R. I mean, that, that's, how, that's how people did it on the farm. You that's know. funny. Now, that's the first name is what? Eulan, E-U-L-A-N. No D. Eulan. Eulan. And uh, everybody else in the family had relatively common names, Farrell, Dool. Where did uh, that name come from, I wonder? Uh, they said it was from the old country. And I've done some research. You know, we were talking a minute Okay, ago, and the old country would be? Not would Arkansas. Be Scottish and Southern England. <laughs> okay. And apparently, uh, we know Diane and I did our, our uh, uh, my DNA or whatever thing, and we wanted to make sure we weren't related because we yeah. seem a lot alike, you know. Uh, cousins in South Arkansas, that can be a problem, you know. And apparently, when I didn't her say folks, that. <laughs> I did not say that. Okay, go We're ahead. We're not having kids anyway, but it's okay, yeah, right? Go ahead. Um, but anyway, uh, no. Uh, it's uh, the Red when, Foreman line from that '70s show. The cousin <laughs> comes. The cousin comes to the house, and yeah. you know, Eric's kind of smitten with her. She's kind of a look good-looking girl, you know. Right. Red comes down there, tells him to get away from her. I'm not raising <laughs> any grandkids with flippers. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. I digress. Keep going. <laughs> I forgot. Or, 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 uh, what, what was it on the Simpsons? The uh, radioactive fish was named Blinky and had three eyes. Yeah. That's a great line too. That's a great one. Yeah, it is. No, we, we actually did our DNA test and found out that when Diane's parent, parents came over, great, great grandparents came over from the Irish famine, that apparently the Simpsons were waiting on them because we'd been here since the colonial war. So I, I had no idea. My, actually my, uh, my, ancestry or great, great, whatever goes back to 1750, 1745, something like that. And we, uh, we were here when we decided to declare independence and there was a Simpson going, come on, men, you know, as he sat in the back chair, I'm sure. (laughs) That's pretty awesome. Well, and I told you today, I got a, I got an email, give a shout out to our, to a listener. I won't use her last name, Mm -hmm. Kathy. Mm -hmm. She met you, uh, somewhere there on the lake, by the beach, uh, her maiden name is my name and she and her family hail from central Texas. And I forwarded it. I forwarded her email to my, uh, my almost 90 year old mother and my almost 98 year old father. And they were like, no, we're not related. But in her email, it was interesting. She said that she had traced back, you know, the Cantrell name back to the 1600s and that there was, there was one family that came over. So she's like, at some point we're all, we're all connected. 
I don't know if that's true or not, but anyway, shout out to Kathy. Thanks for listening. Well, and, and uh, Kathy is a wonderful girl. We want to have her on the show. If we have some time, I say girl lady, uh, it's funny that you should say, I want you to hear the scope of what you just said. I'm going to bounce this back to you. Your nearly 90 year old mother replied to your email. Let that sink in a minute. You know? Well, actually I lied. It's a text. Okay. It's she, a text. Oh, she's a texting fool. Really? Oh yeah. But heavy on the emojis. <laughs> real, real heavy on the emojis, real, real heavy on the emojis and real heavy on the gifs or gifs, however you want to pronounce it. Oh yeah. Real heavy on both of those. And she learned what those were. One of the grandkids showed her what that was and she's used them wildly ever since. Right? I have no idea who showed her, but it wasn't me. Well, you got to make note, like my, my aunt is, uh, in a, well, she was in a nursing home, uh, she's 95, about to be 96. Uh, in Conway, uh, she had, she, she called my mom and said, I'm ready to go home now. You know, I'm just tired of this. This is, I'm ready yeah. to go back home. Yeah. And so she's back home 96. Uh, and the one thing, one of the two things, she has two things she wants. Number one, she wants me to make sure her email works. So I have to get in and help her with her email. And then she loves to see pictures on Facebook. She loves to see the grandkids yeah. and stuff like that. And, yeah. you know, I go back 20 years and think, you know, not everybody had email, much less Facebook 20 years ago, 40 years ago, a computer was a what? Yeah. No, 60 exactly years right. ago, 80 years ago, yeah. you know, they really have come through some remarkable periods. And I have, frankly, for digitally capable seniors, I have every respect because I don't know if in another 30 years, I'm going to go, Hey, I want to get on that hyper thingy they do these days, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure. Well, but you and I are kind of outliers, you know, we're, yeah. we're two old guys, but we're, we're techies. So you're nerdier than I am. Probably we got in, but. we got in when we were young. That's what it was. And I mean, and, and literally for me, I see, I saw attorneys that this happened to, I saw, I mean, in the late eighties and early nineties, everybody that had a business that had some techie skill would look at this and go, man, you know, attorneys need a better system mm -hmm. or printers need a better system, or you need better desktop publishing or, you know, so yeah. it was all born of a necessity not of, Ooh, I can't wait to go play. It's like, man, right. I'm tired of being a printer and struggling to do all this, you know? So that's the scenario. Yeah. Well, you know, I didn't, I just didn't, I didn't buck. I just didn't buck new technology, you know, and for an audio file, there was a time where vinyl, well, vinyl is considered sacred even today, but there was a time when it was even considered more sacred. And I'm like, you kidding me? I can get this little thing. And I don't have to clean it. And there's, it's never going to sound scratchy. You know, sign me up. Now the compression and all that, we could get into all the technical stuff, but I mean, come on. And it does yeah. sound a little mechanical. I don't does, care. It's uh, still, I, well, I, I thought, wouldn't go back. I'm not going back. I haven't I had a turntable in 30 I years. I thought you'd be involved in the tube versus transistor war. Well, now, yeah, I'll, that one, I'll, I'll engage in that one. I would engage in that one before I would engage in digital recorded versus, you know, analog. Yeah. Well, those, I, I, I would get nerdy. I'd get a little bit nerdy about that. Well, people that know me here know that I frequent the estate sales like crazy. By the way, that'll be a point we can bring up here in just a minute on this yep. show. Wherever this rambling show is going to be fun yeah. and going, well, we'll is, talk about that. Yeah, this is the Seinfeld episode, a show about <laughs> exactly, nothing. Exactly. The Seinfeld you got to do show. one of those every now and again, though. Yeah. So w w listen, we'll tell you right now, if you don't want to, if you don't want to tune in, you're going to just hear more of what you've just heard the last however many minutes. So if you're not interested, we get it. It's fine. But we're going to do this for us today. And so. it should be, frankly, it should be fantastic backstory. It really does. Because a lot of people ask me questions about you or about me or about what we're yep. doing. And I'm thinking, you know, if you hear the backstory, 
answers a lot of questions. I love to go to estate sales. I love to be, they, they have considered me before I am the electronics liquidator. Uh-huh. I show up Saturday afternoon, three o'clock and go, Hey, I'll give you 20 bucks for those Bose speakers. You know, and yeah. they're like, well, nobody else is buying them. I'm like, yeah, I know I got it. Anyway, in my basement, I had at one time, like seven different turntables. Now I had a, uh, you'll get this. I had a linear I love the linears, you know, where the mechanism goes straight across yep. and have the S curve. Yep. I have the Morant 6,100 with the little S curve. I had all those. And I thought, you know, I haven't done this in a long time. I'm going to hook up a turntable and I'm just going to play an album just for the joy of vinyl. And it was, could, it was really you, cool. It was great. Okay. I started saying you couldn't find a vinyl record. No, no, I have to, no, I buy those at estate sales too. Okay. I have tons yeah, yeah. of those. I mean, okay. literally probably 60 or 70 pounds of albums. Okay. One caveat, it was fabulous. I liked the sound of it. It was re- enjoyable. I, I, in my mind, you know, cause I'm going to somebody else's house and buying mm-hmm. their stuff and taking to my house. And I'm like, okay, they must've probably really enjoyed this or something, or their kids gave it to them or something one time. And then 23 minutes later, I have to get my lazy butt up uh-huh. and walk over to Flip the turntable and pick it up and turn it over. And play. And that was when I thought, okay, that's why. Yeah, that's yeah. why I'm out. Yeah, there's a lot of reasons why I'm out. I had, but I was in the record business for years and years, and I had a collection of between five and 7,000 records. I had record bins, yes, in my house. I had them alphabetized. Yes, I did. And I had a, I had a, a key right-hand guy that I loved, and uh, he was just terrific. And I bequeathed them to him when I left Oklahoma. He was in, we were, I was running a company in Oklahoma and anyway, took a job here in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth and, uh, came down here. Anyway, I, he, he came with a big truck. I said, you're going to have to have a big truck, dude. So I said, I don't care what you do with them. And in fact, I gave him, I had duplicates. The only thing I regret I did not keep is when John Lennon died, mm-hmm. I was in the record business and double fantasy was the record that he and Yoko had just released. And yeah, being somewhat mercenary, I had all the Beatles catalog, but I bought, I bought a copy of every Beatles record and left it sealed. Wow. Didn't break them. And I gave him, I gave him all those. I gave him a bunch of, you know, they used to do these digitally mastered, really sonically superior vinyl Mm -hmm. records. And there were a number of different labels that mean nothing to our audience, but. Are these like mastered direct to the vinyl kind of thing? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, and and there were a number of companies that made these. They were super high fidelity Mm -hmm. vinyl pressings, and I had I had the complete set, you know, of all those. I didn't hang on to anything. And I had I did have some duplicates of some stuff that you know that I thought, yeah, you know, one day this might be be worth something. I also every single one of them was not in their paper sleeve, but they all had uh, a sleeve by there were all kinds of companies that sold these things, you know, uh, anti-static plastic, yep. plastic sleeve. Oh yeah. I took care of, I took care of the collection. Anyway, he, I bequeathed it to him and, uh, I'm sure he still has a large chunk of it. He probably doesn't have it all because some of it was frankly garbage, but there were a lot of records. But, but now let, let me, let me cut to the chase here. I'm just doing quick math, but six mm-hmm. to 7,000 albums is going to be around 1500 pounds or so. I well, mean, and I had, I don't remember. I think I had, I had the fixtures 
those of us that remember record stores, you know, the, the, the browsers and they had, mm-hmm. they had sliding doors because they had storage underneath. Well, I had records, I had records in the bins up top and in the storage below. And I know I had, I know I had four fixtures. I think I had six, but I'm not positive. I don't remember. And I had the alphabetized, I haven't, I had the, you know, a, B, C, I had them alphabetized. Um, and I don't remember how I alphabetized them. I don't, somebody asked me not long ago, I was telling that story and they said, well, okay. Alphabetized by, I said, I'm pretty sure it was by artist. I don't think it was by title. I don't think I was that crazy. I think I did it by artist. So like you all had a, brothers would have been in the a and then you had a master list. I did not. What? I did not. I did not. This is pre, uh, pre this, this, this is, uh, this is Commodore 64 era. Ooh, ooh, this is ooh, Commodore 64. Yeah. This is Atari 400, 800 era. And mm. I did begin to do it on a Commodore 64 and I, I gave up. So wow. that's my technical yeah. story for the day. Well, things, things I wanted to just bring up real quick. Um, you know, we paid a lot, a lot for music in the day. Okay. Now what you pay nine ninety five and you get an unlimited list license to Spotify and you, any album you ever heard of or could think of or want to find or whatever, eh, there are some things they don't have, but it's rare. It's yep. very rare. And, but there's a, there's a cheapening of things when it's technology. I remember when we were in printing, uh, mom and dad, we always made lithograph plates and we made metal plates and a piece of uh, what's called orthomologic film, which basically saw black and white only. And we printed with film and plates, which were two and three bucks a piece typically. Mm-hmm. And you go down to the quick copy place and he would go, give me your copy. And didn't know what it looked like. And no matter how crappy it looked like, he would throw it on that little machine and make a copy, a master copy that cost him 65 cents. He would put it on the press and print that thing till it wore out. And for the difference between the first one and the last one could be a quarter of an inch, you right, know, right. But it was cheap and it was yep. quick and it was, yep. you know, whatever. And I just remember as technology rolls through things, many times it, it lowers the quality, the, 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 the convenience increases, no question, but the quality overall kind of goes down too. I mean, frankly, some of the things that I hear that are produced in a studio these days, I think who on earth would, who made that? You know, I look well, but back, the sheer, the sheer volume of stuff that's being created. I mean, the fact that two guys like us, that you can be there in hot Springs village and I can be sitting here, you know, in, in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, and we can jump on a platform that is free zoom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now I have a paid account because I use it, but it's still stupid money. Right. I mean, it's call it a hundred bucks a year and that we can record and that we've got little webcams that are under a hundred bucks. We got microphones that, okay. Mine's a little more, but I'll call it a hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah. And that we can have a conversation like this and the quality is primo HD and the HD. audio is primo yeah, yeah um yeah. pretty well, yeah, yeah there's that but, uh, and, and let's be frank you've got a what 500 meg connection i've got a 400 meg connection there's that you know I, those were things that were unimaginable 10 years ago unimaginable yep so you know there, there's time marches on time marches yep. on yep uh progress i was i was going to come back to a different topic real quick because we're going to round robining yep and i wanted to talk about what you would do in the village if you were here today or what I would do if I wasn't working my tail feathers off. Uh, this morning, I was at the Town Homeowners Association. We were counting the vote, and we had a record turnout. I say record. We had a very high turnout. 
uh, and I was very pleased with that. We had 554 votes out of 928, uh, and um, only 44 people voted against the rate increase, which was like 68 cents a month. I mean, it's you know pretty yeah, modest. Nominal. To be, yeah. Uh, but that said, uh, what would I have done this morning? I may, on a really pretty day like this, it's a little clouded, little, and we're, we're August the 30th as we press the record button, as you say, my friend. Um, I might have run out to the Little Blakely Trail down on Strawberry 3000. It's the area right across from Lake Washtenaw State Park. Mm-hmm. beautiful, beautiful series of hiking trails, about 30 miles out on the end of that point, end of a gravel road, about three miles down the gravel road. Uh, by the way, I take the Mercedes with the really short sidewalls down there. It's not a good idea, but I do it right. Um, just to kind of be alone, me and the pup and take a good walk. I would have liked that today. That would have been a good thing. And you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, any day doing that kind of stuff would be good. You know, the area obviously infinitely better than, than I do. Um, but if I were, yeah, if I were there, I'm, I'm staying there. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I'm going to the Cedar Creek trails. I'm going, I mean, I'm, I'm going to pick a trail, you know, I, whether it's that, is it the Coronado fitness trail, which is like an, it's one mile, yeah. you know, short, but perfectly, perfectly nice little, a perfectly nice little hike. Perfectly steep in a couple of places. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. And, you know, now I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to jump on that rope and climb that thing all the way to the top and ring the bell or whatever. I have pictures of Teresa Diane doing that. I'm telling you, she's a she's a hardworking yeah, man. Well, there. I you, listen. I'm not even going to stand on the first knot on that <laughs> rope. I'm you know now the monkey bars. I don't know. There's something about monkey bars, but no, I'm not going to do those either. I'm not going to do any of that stuff. But yeah, I could. I could see getting up and, uh, and, and taking a hike and doing that kind of stuff. That's well, let, let's, let's, let's finish that up. You would probably walk on around to the RV park and you'd sit on the bench and look down the view, which is our podcast picture. Right? It is our podcast picture. You would look down the, that's the cove. That's actually where Lake, uh, Panada has the spillway runs out and t- starts Lake Coronado and it's, it's absolutely beautiful. I mean, as the picture shows, that's an yep. extreme area. Yep. I like it. I, I take that hike every time we're there and I take a picture just to compare, you know, the different, different times of year and Hey, Lord willing, first week in October, I, I will be there. So we booked plane tickets today and we, you and I will be able to meet physically again for a while. Uh, we're going to be going the 16th through the 30th. We'll be out of town. So luckily we'll be here while you're here. Oh, you were going to be there. Look at yeah. you. Look what at are the you. odds? We, 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 so many times we've been on vacation the time you showed up. And, yeah. Uh, you know, listen, we teased our audience. We might have to have, we might have to do a meetup, man. Hey, there, there might have do, to be, there uh, might have to be some kind of a live HSV inside out event inside, somewhere. inside to, in the same building kind uh, of thing. There just might have, we might have we to do, do that. It. You we know, do that. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay, well, you ready to answer some questions? Sure, sure, sure. Let's as go. We wi- as we wind up our show about nothing. A rambling show. Okay, well, let's, this this is kind of in keeping with the theme. So if you could choose to do anything for a day, what would it be? Man, I'd really like to be a race driver for a day. That there sounds you fun. Go. Yeah, well, what would you do? Would you play hockey for a day? Come on. No. No, you know, if I could do anything for a day and, and I could make it come true, this is going to sound horrible. It's going to sound way, way underachieving, ambitious wise, sleep. 
sleep, man. I sleep. I sleep. People, people that know you, or that would, don't know you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I would sleep you, all day. Oh, I tell you, I got to tell you, folks. Randy has made insomnia a a a masterful position. He he, you're good at it. I hear tell. Yeah, I'm extreme. I'm a black. I'm a whatever degree black belt. Really? I'm that. Oh yeah. If I, well, I don't, you, I'm, I don't know what the degrees of black belt are, but whatever the highest degree black belt, that's what I am. And in, in you'd be there. You'd be uh-huh. there. Well, this last week, Teresa Diane has worked her little tail feathers off and, and, uh, been driving back and forth to little rock, which she usually doesn't do. And uh-huh. probably been getting five and six hours of sleep a night. So Saturday, I think we averaged 11. I think that would be the answer. Yeah. It's called catching up. Catch it well theoretically. I, I don't yeah. think there's much catching up to be done, but yeah. All right. Next you've question. already done you've already done this. I haven't. What would you sing at karaoke night? We saw what you did sing oh. one time, but okay, you can pick anything that you want to sing. What would it be? Wow. wow. Doesn't have to be a song, but you could I'll go first. You know, for me it would have to be something Motown. Ooh, that'd I mean be it, it'd have to be something like Al Green or Curtis Mayfield, Marvin Gaye, but I don't know that I could hit the high notes that that Al can hit, but uh, yeah, that'd be kind of fun to try. Man. We're going to find out on Wednesday night. No, when well, no, I don't know. I'm not. I'm making zero promises at all about it. Okay, so what would you sing? Um, Cynthia Clausen, softly and tenderly, Jesus what? is calling. Really? There you go. No, she does a great version of that. And I actually met uh, uh, the guy who wrote that. Uh, uh, that version was, uh, it wasn't Brown Bannister. What was his name? I met him at Second Baptist in Little Rock. And the reason he wrote that was because he said his mom uh, on the way home, she, she loved the song softly and tenderly, uh-huh. you know, and to the regular version, softly and tenderly, Jesus right. is calling. And uh, said she would sing on the way home, softly and tenderly, the pot roast is cooking, <laughs> cooking for you and for me. Uh-huh. We need to get home before it is burning, burning for you and for me. So anyway, yeah, a little bit Funny. of that. Funny. All right. If you could hire someone to help you, would it be with cleaning, cooking, or yard work? Well, I have somebody for yard, yard work. Okay. Well, you've already done that then. Yeah. Probably would probably would be cleaning because there's so much to do. And, you know, it's nice to have a clean house and, and nice to not have to do. And I don't know. I don't know why this series of questions, but would you rather, what would you rather do? Wash dishes, mow the lawn, clean the bathroom, or vacuum the house? I'm a world-class vacuumer. Yeah, me too. And partly because I like mowing the yard and I like uh, vacuuming because I can see my results. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll as soon as I get through washing a dish, time. as soon as I get through washing a dish, the, the pretty Teresa Diane in the other room will grab it and put coffee in it or something yeah, like that. No, that's something something beneath. Me. Yeah. So what your answer, come on, I need your answers. Oh, that's vacuuming. There's no oh, question. Really? Oh yeah. It's not huh. even a close contest. Huh. Okay. <laughs> if you could eat only one meal for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ah. Uh, uh, this is going to be is going to be playing to the audience, uh, but I'll tell you this: my lovely wife makes a fantastic chicken spaghetti. If that's the only meal I could eat the rest of my life, I'm good with that. Look at you, and you, yeah, um, hard. This would be this would be hard, you know, because um, I would say it would have to be a good one. Give me a fried catfish po' boy, ooh, fried catfish ooh. po' boy and onion rings, you know. I do like that Cajun food from down at Krakus. They make a great pork. Yeah, too. yeah, me too. I could eat. I could eat Cajun. You know, I, of course, there's a ton of different kind of Cajun dishes. So, yeah. So there's that. Have you ever had a nickname? 
Sometimes people call me Denny. Oh, oh, I was literally thinking about that this morning. My next door neighbor was a painter. He was a vet uh, when I was a kid. He was a, a, a World War II vet. Fascinating guy. Loved him. Bob Anderson. And he could put down paint faster than anybody I've ever seen in my life. He was a master at it. Uh, and he used to call me the professor because I would always come in and go, well, what makes the paint go smoother? Well, how do you smooth it out? Well, what do you put in the paint? To uh, I, I was the inquisitive kid, to needless to say, as you might imagine. The professor. Yeah, he called me the professor for quite a few years. Bob. He was a great guy. You, I never had one except I had my, my father's youngest brother, my uncle Pete, who has since passed on. In fact, my brother had a variety of sisters and brothers, and he's literally the last man standing. But uh, my uncle Pete, he kind of gave everybody nickname, and he's the only person that ever gave me a nickname. He called me Rondo. Uh, my dad has always called me Ran for short, just left the hmm. DY, and my name is not Randall. My literal legal name is Randy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so there's that. So your dad just didn't think he could afford a DY some days. I guess, I guess he just, he just shortened it. He just shortened it to ran. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, do you like or dislike surprises? I'm okay with surprises most times, but I got to tell you, and Diane will agree to this. I'm, I'm, my downfall is I'm, I'm clueless. A lot of times I don't, you know, no, no, what? No, really? No, (laughs) I I am. I'm, well, I'm such an it guy. I'm such a logical linear guy. Yeah, it takes me time to figure out some people are joking, right? Right. So you're saying we could surprise you and you might not even realize it's a surprise. No, I would realize it's a (laughs) surprise, but not everything that is a surprise. Do I get catch? You know, I I like a surprise. I'm fine. You no, you don't like surprises at all. No, well, you know, I mean, if Publisher's clearinghouse shows up at the door. (laughs) I'm all for it. In fact, I'm I'm kind of hoping <laughs> it could speed Ed up. McMahon has one of those big big checks. Yeah, it, could, there, it right? could speed up this whole dream that I've got. However, uh, no, no, not so much, not so much. Now that doesn't mean I don't like. I do like spontaneity, but that's different than surprises. You know. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. At least for me. Okay. In the evening, would you rather play a game, visit a relative, watch a movie, or read? My lovely wife and I love to sit on the couch and watch a movie and just go away. And, and we love yeah. uh, rom-coms, but one of the things we really like uh, is just uh, travel shows. And, you know, now that we haven't been traveling and nobody's been traveling much, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken, today, as of the 30th of August, the late summer day that we're having, uh, the EU just shut us down again so we can't even go to Europe if we wanted to. So there's that. Number one go-to place. This is not on my list, but I'll ask mm-hmm. it anyway. So the place that... We- we were planning, we were supposed to be, um, we were supposed to be in May of 2020. We were supposed to be in Spain. We're going to Madrid and Barcelona. Um, and it just seems like a compelling place. And and Mm -hmm. we've actually, Diane and I will lay in bed and as we're falling asleep or getting up in the morning, we'll say, okay, Google play, you know, uh, European news or or Mm -hmm. news about Spain or whatever. Um, uh, the Catalonia area is trying to secede. It's, it's its own fascinating, yeah. fascinating place. Uh, and you know, if, if between that and France and England, if you don't understand where history comes from, you know, they're making it, you know, they, yeah. and that, that just seems fascinating to me. I really can't get enough of that. You, yeah, I've got some friends. I got some European friends. I mean, I don't, I just don't, I'm just travel is just not my thing. Uh, now my wife would love to travel, but she's just married the wrong guy. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a home, I'm a homebody. 
Well, I mean, you know, after I, I spent 10 hours home. on the a- fascinating thing about the European, that whole European, you know, is these people travel, they travel from culture to culture, country to country, the way we travel from state to state. Really? And it's just, well, it's just kind of fascinating. You know, you think about somebody that, okay, they, they go six hours and they're in a completely different country that speaks a completely different language and has different current, well, except for the, you know, EU, the, the, yeah. the EU stuff. Um, it's just hard to get your head wrapped around that when this is all, you know, you know, here, here in America. And we do have some listeners, by the way, we've got listeners in oh, yeah. Ireland. We've got listeners in Finland. We've got listeners in Australia. We've got listeners. I'm sure I'm leaving somebody out, but I'm not saying that there's a lot, but they're represented. So, well, we need that. I'd love to have an email, email from them. I really would. That'd be yeah. Cool. Oh, I would too. I would too. Okay. Uh, well, let, me, let me come back to that just Go one ahead. more second back on that. Um, the, um, I, Diane and I were watching a show the other night and we were, uh, it was uh, Western, Swe- uh, Western Sweden. No, I'm sorry. Western Switzerland. And everybody they interviewed, of course, spoke English, you know, right. Relatively. You know. Right. And then I remembered I had an exchange student that came to our church for a while. He was actually in my Sunday school class for a while. Great kid. Uh, Rune Johansson uh, from Amsterdam. And uh, Rune would always say that, you know, typically everybody in Europe, you know, we, we will have maybe English and, and, you know, hopefully we learn English and Spanish or maybe some German or whatever, but he said they were, they had to have three mandatory languages, you know, because I mean, you're yeah. in Europe and there's a lot yeah. of different languages, right. you know? Right. So, yeah. And we're doing good to master our native tongue. <laughs> well, guys like you and I are doing good to master. Well, that's true. That's true. And master is a big word. That's a, yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's true too. Okay. If you could go back in time, what year would you travel to? Man, you go first. I got to think of one. You know, my answer would, there isn't a year that stands out. I'm still fascinated by the fact that my 41 year old son who was born in 1980 thinks that it would have been ideal to have been born in 1947. I'm like, okay, why? He just, you know, cause kids could ride in the back of pickup trucks. Hmm. There weren't any seat belts. I grew up, I grew up laying in that back deck in the car as you were traveling, right on vacation. You know, you can't do that. It's that kind of stuff that he's like, man, live. It was such a better time. Yeah, you would be the human projectile if mom hit the brakes or dad. Well, hit the you know, car. listen, the car seat was mom's lap. <laughs> and I get that it's I get that it's I get that it's safer and all that, but he's probably not wrong. He's probably not wrong that I'm glad that I grew up in that era. I'm glad that I got to experience that. I can't you know, I get it. I don't want to get don't send me your hate mail. Um you know, well, we need to protect these kids and whatnot. Yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. I, I love my grandchildren. I don't want to put my grandchildren at risk, but it's just fascinating to me that we, we all came, th- we all came through it. I'm not saying bad things didn't happen, but I don't remember ever hearing. I never had a friend. I never had a friend of a friend. I never even knew a complete stranger that got hurt because the kids were all riding in the back of the pickup truck. I, I didn't either. And and by the way, Teresa Diane loves Mexico and I love it with her. But one of the things we love about Mexico is it's anything but the nanny state. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. We're going. So we're, we're running through uh, Cancun and uh, and the, the tour. We, we get off the tourist area and we don't want to ride the tourist area in Cancun. You know, so we're riding the buses on the backside. And when the driver sees somebody with blonde hair, wink, wink, hint, hint, yeah. wink, wink. Yeah. That's not usually a native, yeah, you know, exactly. and he will literally stomp the brakes at full tilt to stop 
because the the tourists pay more. They don't understand that a peso and a dollar are not synonymous. So uh-huh. he'll get a do- dollar instead of a peso, you know, 20 cents. And uh, if you're not paying attention, you know, your teeth will be into the bar in front of your seat. <laughs> right. And that's your own stupid fault if you didn't catch on and, and uh, brace yourself. You know, yeah. it's, it's anything but the nanny state. And I have to say that. So, But to answer the question, I would say, uh, you know, we, we listen to a lot of audiobooks, And I think the, the fascinating thing would be when the rail age really started. Uh, the uh-huh. 1860s, 1850s. One guy put it very well. He said, you know, up until from the beginning of time till the 1860s or so, the fastest transmission of information was at the speed of a horse. Yep. That was it. You yep. weren't going any faster than that anyway, anytime, anyhow, uh, unless it's smoke signals, you know. But uh, well, I don't know when being, the telegraph was, but even still, that wasn't, you know, that. Exactly. Was it exactly. common? It wasn't something you could just go rattle that off and have that done for cheap. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I think a time in there, probably in the 1880s, I think the industrial revolution in England would have been a fascinating period because they were inventing and making and I yeah. mean, things that we still take for granted today. Pumps. Well, if you could have been reasonably well off, it might've been, but otherwise it probably would have been slavish. Quite bring literally. out your dead bring yeah, out your yeah, dead yeah quite quite literally <laughs> all right aside from necessities what one thing could you not go a day without the love of my family and my wife yep here here you, you do yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. no question all right let's try to wind this thing down let me uh let me find uh, um pet peeves give me two pet peeves <sighs> You know, I understand, I understand, um, lack of intelligence. That's one thing. Ignorance, ignorance just drives me up the wall and across the ceiling. If you don't make any effort to, to find the answer yourself or, or you formulate an opinion that you just pulled out of your tail, ignorance really gets on my last nerve. And, and, I, and I'm not saying, you know, people that aren't capable of intelligence, I'm fine with that. Okay. Okay. People that are capable of it and don't do it. Uh, that really gets on my nerves. You? Yeah, I, I agree. You know, I just, I, I, I think of it in different language than you, I think we're saying the same thing, you know, lack of understanding. Yeah. You know, I co I coach my clients regularly. I call it this progression of leadership and it starts with humility. If there's no humility, then there is no next one. And the next one is curiosity. Cause if I'm the smartest guy in the room, I don't have any curiosity. And if I'm the smartest guy in the room, guess what? I don't have curiosity because, well, I don't have humility. So my progression goes very simply, humility, curiosity, knowledge, and then understanding. And at the pinnacle is compassion. If I don't understand you, the more I understand you, which is kind of what today's show really is all about now that we've buried the lead, right? It's to give you, you, you folks some context about who and what we are. And we're just two guys. We're just two guys that, that are madly in love with this place in, in Arkansas called hot springs village. Um, and then there's all this other stuff that we kind of talk about this context, but yeah, listen, I'm the guy who registered the domain name surrounded by ninnies.com. <laughs> ninnies is spelled N I N N I E S. That's good. And you can click on it. It'll take you to leaning toward wisdom.com, which is another podcast that I do. So is that clickbaiting? Okay. Is that clickbaiting? Is that what you're doing? I uh, no, it's more overt than that. Okay. <laughs> where do you see yourself in five years? 
you know, actually, um, Diane and I have pretty occupying day-to-day jobs. And um, I really, I, you know, I had a guy that worked for us, Mike Armstrong, great guy, uh, and thought the world of him, thought the world of his family. Uh, and this is when I was in printing. And uh, his dad worked enslaved his whole life and had also been in a printer, a printer, which back when it was a heavy, hard lifting job. Uh, he worked till he was 65. He retired. He bought a place on Lake Conway. He moved there and died a month later. That is the epitome of what I don't want to do. And that's why when we're kind of talking about travel now, um, I, just a tiny segue, tiny segue. Go ahead. Uh, I heard a guy on NPR. This was a true story a couple of years ago. Guy uh, went to the doctor and he said, you know, we, we've got some really bad news. He said, your test results have come in and you've probably got six to seven months. He said, it's going to be, you'll be relatively comfortable, but we'll give you some of these pills to keep that. But, you know, you know, you know the whole get your affairs in order kind of thing. Right. And his wife and he looked at each other and they were at that age where they were like, you know, we let's do what we wanted to do. Okay. Sold their house, sold the cars, sold material possessions and traveled. They, they did exactly what they wanted to do. And it's been six and a half, six months, something. And they come back, knock on the door of the doctor. And they said, man, we've been trying to get in touch with you just wildly. And he said, what, what's wrong? And they said, we got the wrong test results. It wasn't you. It wasn't somebody else. Now here, the guy, the people are, they, they've, they've changed their life because of misdiagnosis, because of misinformation, at least. And he said, they looked at each other and just smiled and laughed and went, okay, that's great. Thank you. And the guy was like, man, I just thought you were going to, you know, scream and holler and be mad and whatever. And he said, no, you helped me do everything we'd always wanted to do. You know, we can get a job. We can be greeters at Walmart. We can do something, but we want to do it while we're healthy enough to do it. So where do I want to be in five years, either semi-retired or doing what I want to do and taking some trips, you know, Yep. Diane as a CPA, uh, she wanted to go to Mardi Gras. We've never been to Mardi Gras because this thing called uh, tax season. You may have heard of it, uh-huh. you know? So, I mean, there's some limitations. Mardi Gras is overrated. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, I lived have... in Southern Louisiana, so I can throw rocks. I live down really? there. So, nine so, let me get this straight. so, so I can smell uh, puke and, uh, and bad beer going down the drain any time of year. I don't Listen, have to very, se- very seriously. I can tell you now some of the, some of the pre lead up to, but I mean, now who knows what it's going to look like? coming out of all this pandemic and stuff. Right, right, right. But go back, go back in time. Uh, number one, New Orleans, and I hope as, as we are recording, they're under this horrific Lord. storm. Yeah. And so, yeah, we, we hope and we pray everybody comes out okay. It's likely to take somewhat of a toll on the town. But come on, the, the town is below sea level. Mm-hmm. And truth, it rains somewhere in the city of New Orleans every day of the year. <laughs> It does. That's a it fact. It, uh, it is also one of the most dangerous cities on the planet. Really? It did get somewhat better. Katrina did force some of the riffraff mm. away, but it's, it's, it's not a, uh, well, I'll put it this way. It's not hot Springs village. That's by a long, not, by a not, long shot. Yeah. And you gotta be, yeah, you gotta be on your toes and be careful. There's a lot of, there's a lot of street crime and, uh, now it's a fascinating city and I, I've spent, countless hours and days visiting down there, but, uh, would not 
would not want to call it home. Absolutely would not want to call it. Home. I can see that too. We, we, we saw it and loved it enough to see some of the, you know, we took the, uh, one of the paddle boat tours up to some of the other state parks and stuff. It's fascinating history. Absolutely. Oh, it's fascinating remarkable. History. Yeah. 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 Yep. But, uh, well, I won't tell Diane about Mardi Gras until, until she gets, uh, you know, some time to go do it. And then we'll, well now listen, <laughs> you know, experiencing, experiencing, experiencing it. If you can do it, from somewhat of a safe vantage point, but right. to be actually down in the throng can be, yeah, that can be, it could be semi perilous. It can be, it can be nerve wracking, but the parades. Yeah. It's uh listen, it's uh it's frivolity at its highest <laughs> or lowest, whichever. How many pairs of shoes do you own? Oh, geez. Um, probably 30, 35. Look at you. Yeah, no, well, and they're not, you know, don't get me wrong. They're not super high in shoes or anything. It's just stuff I apparently never throw away. Yeah. Just a fashion horse. Yeah. Yeah. I and think you, I've got nine. What? I think I got nine. I got three pair of dress shoes. I got a, I know I got a pair of hiking boots. I got a pair of hiking shoes and I think I got four pair of sneakers or something. It's, it's mostly, it's mostly sneakers. Okay. If you were a superhero, what power would you have? Oh man. Let's end on this one. First thing that came to my mind was the ability to read minds. And then I thought, Ooh, no. No, that'd be bad. Um, Superpower. You know what? It doesn't matter how you phrase it. Flying sounds fascinating. That would be amazing. That would be absolutely amazing. Some of the best dreams I've ever had in my life. I wake up just smiling from ear to ear as if I dreamed I'd flew or something, or if I it just hovered over, you know, and I, I remember a great reoccurring dream of, you know, some kind of glider or something and thinking, wow, you know, so yeah. Um, option one would probably be invisibility. That tells you something about me. <laughs> Flying would be right up there too. If I could be invisible and fly, I'd be, I'd, I'd, I'd have it down. I'd have it down cold. All right. I'm going to let you dismount and take us wherever you want to take us. Let's hop well, to Facebook group. Maybe it, it just dawned on me that, you know, the fine folks in uh, New Orleans literally do need our prayers because if I'm not mistaken, when we went to record, there were over a million people without power. Pretty much the whole city was black. And, yep. you know, on one hand, I think, boy, I hate, uh, you know, I hate hurricanes there. We usually get a little rain, but not this year. But, you know, I understand. And, and I do. Uh, we, we do keep them in our prayers. I will say um, it's late summer. It's Hot Springs Village, Arkansas. We just tipped a thousand people on our Facebook group. We just tipped a hundred on our um, uh, YouTube, YouTube channel. And it's how many days, Randy? Ninety. As we hit record today is our ninetieth birthday day. And I, Ninety you days. Know, I, as you know, when you do work like this, they say, "Well, the talent." Yeah, that's a debatable term. I don't know exactly how much talent's in front of the microphone right now, but well, I don't know about that side. But over here, it's <laughs> over here, it's pretty spectacularly high. and humble oh, and humble. Yeah, I mean, no, yeah. no, it's not no, high at all. No, truly, we, we we look at that, and I, the the bottom line I have to say is thank you, listener, thank you, watcher. Thank you, Randy. Thank you. The people that helped put this together. Apparently people are skiing at night. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and, and screaming and there goes the boat. There goes the boat. Yeah, there there we go. go. There you yeah, go. We can see yeah, it. That's yeah. awesome. That's awesome. Uh, nighttime skiing anyway. And we um, did learn. I learned for the first time here live in front of a, in front of a studio, not studio audience, but in front of a home studio. audience yeah. that, uh, we're, you're going to be there when we're there. 
yeah, first I week in that. October. So, and, and you know I, what? The, the idea of a live show—I'd never thought of that, Randy. That, uh, we, well, I don't know about it. Well, we we at least need to think about—I don't know—we need to think about a, a meetup of some sort. If at a bare minimum, if at people minimum. if people want to see us, and I don't well, know why they know. would. I don't know why they would, but well, well they want to make sure, Randy. They want to see you outside the yellow studio because there is life outside the yellow studio, as I understand. Yeah, there is. I, not much of one, but there <laughs> is. There's a little bit of one. Yeah. Okay. We'll say good night, Dennis. <laughs> right, Dennis. Good night, Randy. Thanks again for everybody listening from Hot Springs Village, Inside Out, and for Dennis and Randy. Good night. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hot Springs Village, Inside Out a podcast where Hot Springs Village, Arkansas is the star. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can do that by visiting our website, hsvinsideout.com, and tell a friend.